Welcome to the Love with Intelligence podcast. My name is Lily Walford. I am an international relationship and dating coach, and I'm also a behavioral profiler. We believe that every woman deserves real, honest, and genuine love, but not every woman knows how to get it. And during the episodes of this podcast, we will be sharing with you the solutions that we have created, which are the best within the industry, so you can find real, undeniable love. So today's topic is about trauma. How does trauma show up within relationships and dating and even our everyday lives? And the the funny thing is, one thing that people don't realise about trauma is about 70% of adults suffer from trauma, with 20% of those actually going on to have PTSD. So the most important bit about trauma is actually having awareness of it first, because if you don't have awareness of it, you're just going to feel broken, you're going to feel like um, there's something wrong with you, you're going to feel isolated, you're going to have the emotional roller coaster where suddenly you're fine and then there's these outbursts going on, you're going to find yourself unable to trust people, so holding people back. And the thing is with trauma as well, it doesn't have to be something that's big. You know, it can be something like, um, I don't know, a breakup. It can be, um, you know, anything that's just caused a massive emotional charge that has had a negative impact on your life and it reoccurs daily. Do you think about it daily? Does it come up, at, you know, with nightmares and things like that or thoughts? Because one thing with trauma is it can damage your confidence, it can damage your self-worth and it can damage the way that you relate to yourself and other people. Okay, the reason why trauma damages relationships so much is because with trauma, there's often shame, there's often guilt, there's often fear. And when we're in those states, when we're in those emotional states, it stops us from being able to be present right now. And also it it causes us to constantly think about the past and it stops us from wanting to be in our own body. And what I mean by that is you usually find people who've gone through trauma dissociate. They feel emotionally numb, okay? They struggle to feel things. And when we tend to find people who are going through this kind of state, you often find that they'll do something a little bit reckless or out of character because they want to feel something. They're keen to feel something and they don't know how to go about that, okay? So, trauma really, really important to have a look at what trauma you're facing. Is it a relationship breakdown? Is it childhood abuse? Is it domestic violence? What is it that you're actually working with in order to connect with yourself better, to have a better day-to-day life, to be able to connect with people and trust people again? Because that's something I see on a day-to-day basis, people being unable to connect, people being unable to really enjoy everyday life because we often find with trauma there's usually depression underlying that as well because there's a dissociation there you don't want to be in your own body you feel low you feel isolated you move yourself away from people and the things that you love so there's loads of different areas that this affects your whole life you know it affects everything so with trauma it's really important to understand, you know, what it is, what it does, why it comes up in our lives. And 
trauma is there to protect you. Okay, trauma comes up so you're able to sort of deal with situations. But the problem that we face is when it stays with you for a long period of time. You know, trauma's there to keep you safe effectively. But it doesn't always do that. And it's important for us to be able to process it so we can literally get on with our lives without it looming over us. So there's three types of trauma. Okay, you've got fright you've got flight, and you've got freeze. And the funny thing is as well, I'm just going to grab my notes here, because these different types of trauma tend to like blow up in different ways. Um, and what, what happens is, is this level of trauma, it's, it's basically the way the animal kingdom survives. So if you have an animal that's managed to escape from nearly getting eaten what you'll find is it'll go off it'll go back into the pack or the herd or you know whatever surroundings it has um and it will shake it off it'll go and rub up against another animal of the same kind and it will just shake it off and the thing is we don't do that as humans we turn around to ourselves and go, well, it shouldn't affect me, or I can't show anyone that this is affecting me. Um, uh, I need to stack it down. Logically, I should be absolutely fine. I'm safe now. You know, we put all this logic to suppress these emotions and stop people from realizing what we're going through. We stop sharing things because, again, like I said, there's often shame, there's often guilt. I've personally been there. Um, in my past, I went through an abusive relationship and I was too embarrassed to, to share it with anyone. It was um, uh, awful. And this is a thing that people go through. They feel that they're going to be judged and shamed or, you know, have that fear around sharing their story and being vulnerable with people. So, again, it gets suppressed. It doesn't get processed. So the way these things show up is you have the fight. So you often find that people are in the fight mode. You know, when you think about the animal kingdom, they want to, you know, if you're in fight mode, you're fighting off a predator. You're fighting it to stop it, you know, eating you. <laughs> but in, uh, you know, the human world, the fight mode is where we keep ourselves so freaking busy. We have these emotional outbursts and we're still in that attack mode. We're feeling this underlying current of emotions that are telling us, keep busy, keep busy, keep busy, keep busy, keep busy. So, and it's exhausting because there's that level of adrenaline just running in the background. And the thing is, with adrenaline, is it will affect your sleep patterns, it will affect your focus, because your, fo your focus will be slightly scattered, and it stops you from being fully present, because you're constantly future pacing things, looking for the things that are going to harm you, okay, because you're still in that, you know, that fight mode. The um, fright mode, you keep yourself hidden, okay? Think about the animal hiding in the, in the animal kingdom. You, you hide yourself. And it's the same that you do as a human. You will, you know, isolate yourself. You'll move yourself away from social circles. Um, you don't really want to talk with people. You don't want to share things. You know, you're functioning. Um, and you're more, you know, you're one of those people that can kind of like get out of a room without anyone noticing. <laughs> and this, again, it's a protective layer. It's a way of like trying to just keep yourself hidden, keep yourself to yourself, um, you know, staying quiet, not sharing everything, just so you keep yourself safe. So people just don't notice you. Okay, and you think about it in terms of dating, if no one can notice you and you're keeping yourself hidden, how are you going to find love? Okay, how are you going to, you know, I think the main thing here is like knowing 
who's safe to be with you know around the situation if you don't know that you're going to keep yourself isolated and staying away from any potential interaction from strangers or people and then you've got the freeze now the freeze mode it usually happens you know during the trauma itself you know during the event and what the freeze is it's almost like imagine um uh, having like almost like an out of body experience that's the only way i can describe it well all of a sudden you just feel all the emotions just shut down okay i remember going through this um experience when i thought my ex was going to hit me and it was terrifying it was literally crunched up in a ball thinking oh my gosh where's my keys and it's weird because all of a sudden your emotions shut shut off you're in the, the moment where you just want to quickly go and do things, you, you, you create a strategy, but when you realise you don't have an out or you can't escape, your body emotionally and physically shuts down. And in the animal kingdom, if this happens, it's usually where the animal's either going to get eaten, so it shuts down so it doesn't feel pain, or it shuts down and hopes that the predator will just suddenly leave it alone and then scampers off. You know, we've seen mice and birds and things that do that with cats. So what happens with this, though, is people don't move beyond it. They stay stuck, okay? They stay emotionally stuck. They don't feel like they're in their bodies. They don't feel their emotions. They don't feel like they can connect. Um, uh, And there's this emotional disconnect. And you think about it as well. When we come up to doing things like communication and relating to people and connecting with people, we can't do that if we're not connected with ourselves. You know, the way we connect with people is emotionally. We need emotions to be able to connect. So how do you move past this? How do you move out of this? Well, there's a few different ways because I think the thing is that the industry that sort of helps us solve trauma is missing a load of key elements. I think you've got the elements where, you know, you're going through the logic, going like, I'm safe, it happened, it, was, it wasn't right, it shouldn't have happened. And then you've got the emotional layer of like, I'm angry at this. It shouldn't have happened. I'm angry of myself because you often find that a lot of the emotions are directed at yourself more than the uh, situation, which is quite interesting. But the other side is the energy. Like I said, that an- that animal that would have been attacked or, or whatever, the way it would release that trauma would be shaking it off. It's getting it out of the body. And I think this is the element that a lot of people and a lot of coaches and a lot of therapists are missing. Okay, it's being able to get it out of the body. Okay, because the body holds on to emotions. Okay, if you ever have a look into things like metaphysics um, uh, and also things like illnesses, I think there's a new series out or new episode of something called Heal on Netflix. Check it out if you haven't already. And it's the way that our bodies also store this energy. It's knowing how to release it. And this is why I've created a special trauma course so people can actually release this trauma okay from a emotional logical and body way okay which is really really important so knowing how to release this you probably find that once you've actually gone through and released all this horrible energy all of this trauma you'll you'll probably find if especially if you've been in fright um in uh, flight mode a lot you will find that, oh sorry, fight mode a lot. Um, you probably find that your energy levels will suddenly just blip for a little while. 
And the reason this is, is because your body's been charged up with this adrenaline. It's been keeping you going. It's been keeping you, you know, like just battling on and keeping your mind busy to keep you safe. So there's an element as well of knowing how to keep safe and also knowing how to trust. And this is something that's really important because it's not just about learning how to retrust again, but it's also knowing who's the person that you can trust, who are the people that you can trust to be open, to be vulnerable with. And this can be particularly difficult for people who have gone through narcissistic relationships. Um, so for people who haven't gone through a narcissistic relationship, what you tend to find with those is that you get something called gaslit. So you're told that your emotions are wrong. You're told that your thoughts are wrong. And what this does is it creates codependency in the relationship. You're relying on your partner to tell you what to think and what to feel and what's right and what's wrong. And it sounds, you know, for someone who hasn't gone through that experience, it sounds a little bit weird, but it's extremely powerful. It's extremely manipulative and it's highly influential due to the the narcissistic nature of that person. So what you tend to find as well is that that narcissist will actually entrain you to only feel good when that person allows you to, okay? When that partner allows you to feel good. So I'm just going to drink. So what happens is because our chemicals in our brain are highly addictive. You know, all the dopamine, the serotonin, all those amazing chemicals are so, so powerful. It's more addictive than any drug, any chemical out there. And we have already got it in our brains. And the narcissist knows how to use this. You know, maybe not he hasn't been taught or they haven't been taught how to use it, but they know. So what will happen is, they will say some really great things which will give you that great state and you will only find that source of feeling good through them. Because you'll probably find if you've been in a narcissistic relationship is if you've gone to events on your own or done something that uh, they didn't want you to do, they would make you feel rubbish through the whole event and even afterwards. Okay, so you'll stop getting your pleasure and stop getting those good chemicals from that experience. And again, they kind of hold those good chemicals hostage. So it's very interesting, but I'll do another live or another video or another podcast on that soon. So you can have a bit of, bit of a better understanding. But that also creates another level of trauma. Okay, it creates a very, you know, a very similar um, episode of trauma because another layer of trauma is grief. You know, when we talk about grief, of course, it's a, it's a version of trauma. You know, it's a massive life change. It's something that you think about again and again, whether you've lost someone to death or whether you've lost someone in a relationship or you've just lost a part of your life where everything's changed. There's levels of grief there. OK, and it's knowing how to process that level as well, but especially if you've had an addiction to a person. So there's a few different layers to think about when it comes to trauma. I told you it's quite complex. But when you start to release it, it means that you actually gain this confidence within yourself. You find that stability, that foundation. It feels good to be you and you're in charge of your life as well. And I know it sounds a little bit weird to say you're in charge of your life, but you lose that, especially if you've gone through trauma or going through trauma or processing it. It's tough. So it's about giving you that control back of yourself. 
And also another layer of this is being able to know what you want for the future. Because often what we find with trauma, with grief, is you really struggle to find out what you really want. And when we struggle to find what we really want, we don't know what we're moving towards. We don't even know if we're moving forward in life. We're stuck, we're stagnant, and it's rubbish. You don't want to be in that place. You know, you want to know how to move forward because us as human beings, we are built, we are created to move forward, to evolve, to know that we're growing, whether it's by ourselves or in a relationship. We need to know that we're growing and things are getting better. We're improving. But how can you improve or how can you get better if you don't know what you want in life or even in a relationship? So when we actually have a look at this trauma, we often also find that because the trauma that's happened in the past has affected the mind and it's once it, and the mind's keeping you safe, your mind will bring that trauma into your present. It's saying, this is happening right now. You need to be on a high alert. You need to keep safe. It could happen again. You're under attack. <laughs> and the mind stays there. And this is why people struggle to think about the future. Because all of us, because if you're under attack, if something's going on, um, you know, even if it's just your mind thinking that's, that's what's happening, it stops you from being, being able to future pace because you're just trying to get through that moment. So this is why it's really important to be able to kick your mind out of that where it can feel safe, where it can process that, where it can look at it and feel okay and say, yes, I went through that, but I'm good. I'm okay now. I've let that, I've managed to let that go. And I know I've got this beautiful future ahead of me and I'm moving forward and making progress towards that future. And this is basically what we've created. I've worked with women through trauma and there's a few different elements that are really, really important to be able to let go and process that trauma so you can move on and have a fantastic life. Otherwise, if you don't process this trauma, you're going to struggle to connect with yourself. You're going to struggle and because you can't connect with yourself, you're going to struggle to connect with other people. And you're also going to struggle to actually connect with what you want in life. So, and I, you know, I've personally been there. I know exactly what it's like. I don't want anyone to go through that because it's tough. And that's why I've created a four-week course for, for women to be able to release that trauma because it has such a profound effect. <laughs> it gives you that sense of life and that sense of purpose again once you've been able to release it. So I hope this has helped. If you have any questions at all, just feel free to, you know, drop me a message, drop me a comment, um, uh, and I'll be more than happy to help and support you. So I hope this has been helpful, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now.